All right, heading into, we're halfway through um, the top four of Netflix Group B shows. Before we hit show number three, as we get halfway through this, Instagram and Facebook are up and running. There still may be a few bugs, but for the most part, it's up and running now. And so I feel like the entire world is just full of relief. It is insane like how crazy Twitter was going because Facebook and Instagram were down for, it was quite a few hours. Um, but yeah, I mean, everybody is just rejoicing now. And I did actually end up doing the polls. They were posted a little bit late, but that is okay. So now they are posted already to be voted on. Um, so yeah, well, anyways, <laughs> back into the swing of things with show number three, and I'm surprised I really love this show, but in a way, it kind of reminds me, in a way, like the Golden Girls, but very different. Um, Grace and Frankie, which has been on since 2015, and the remainder of the final episodes will be coming in 2022. So with that being said, the series follows Grace Hansen, a sharp-tongued retired cosmetics mogul, and Frankie Bergstein, a quirky art teacher whose long-term husbands, Robert and Saul, are successful divorce lawyers in San Diego. Grace and Frankie's lives are turned upside down when Robert and Saul announce they are in love with each other and are leaving their wives. Now the women, who have never particularly liked each other, are forced to live together and experience a series of wacky adventures as they navigate family drama, medical scares, business ventures, and romantic turmoil on their road to becoming best friends. And I'd also just like to say before I go on a little bit again, um, I'm working here on a new device, um, so I'm still kind of learning how to s turn off certain sounds and notifications. So I apologize if you are hearing like some, you know, beeps or whatever. Um, bear with me. New device, trying to figure everything out. Um, so I'm working on it. And so the main cast of Grace and Frankie, Jane Fonda as Grace Hansen, nay Purcell, a no-nonsense cosmetics mogul who likes to drink martinis and always has a clever comment or more often than not, insult to throw your way. After years of conflict, she and Frankie have become best friends. Grace is also mother to Brianna and Mallory, grandmother to Madison, Macklin, and the twins, ex-wife of Robert, and later wife of Nick. Lily Tomlin as Frances Frankie Bergstein, nay Mangella, a goofy artist who rides her own wave and often finds herself in hilarious situations that require Grace to rescue her. <clears throat> Creative and spiritual, Frankie cares very deeply about her loved ones and would do anything to protect them. 
She is Grace's best friend, Bud and Coyote's adoptive mother, Faith's grandmother, Allison's mother-in-law, and Saul's ex-wife. Sam Waterston is Saul Bergstein, a sweet, gentle ex-divorce lawyer turned activist for gay rights. Saul was married to Frankie for 40 years, but for half of his marriage, she was in love with another man, Robert, and eventually the two couldn't hide it any longer. Saul is also Robert's husband, Bud and Coyote's adoptive father, Faith's grandfather, Allison's father-in-law, and Frankie's ex-husband. Martin Sheen is Robert Hansen, a successful divorce lawyer who threw himself into theater following retirement. He was married to Grace for 40 years, and the couple had two daughters, Brianna and Mallory. However, Robert soon began to fall for another man, Saul, and the feeling was mutual. Eventually, the two couldn't hide it any longer and told their respective wives. Robert is Saul's husband, Grace's ex-husband, Brianna, Ma Brianna Mallory's father, grandfather to Macklin Madison and the twins, and close friend to Peter. Brooklyn Decker as Mallory Hansen, second-born daughter to Grace and Robert, younger sister to Brianna and mother to Madison, Macklin, and the twins. At the start of the series, she is married to Mitch, but the two divorce in season three. She is also stepdaughter to Nick. Ethan Embry as Coyote Bergstein, firstborn adoptive child of Frankie and Saul, older brother to Bud, uncle to Faith, and ex-boyfriend to Nadia. Coyote is a recovering addict and has trouble finding steady employment. June Diane Raphael as Brianna Hansen, firstborn child of Robert and Grace, who now runs Say Grace, a successful co cosmetics company that Grace gave her after retiring. Brianna leads the company as CEO and is never afraid to call someone out for anything. Sharp, impatient, and fiery, Brianna resembles her mother personality-wise more than her sister Mallory. Brie is also the girlfriend, later fiancé, to Barry, aunt to Mallory's kids, arch-rival to Lauren, and stepdaughter to Nick. And Baron Vaughn as Nawada Bucky, Bud Bergstein, second-born adoptive child of Frankie and Sal, younger brother to Coyote, father to Faith and Allison's husband. But as a lawyer and, similar to Brianna, now runs the law firm left to him by his father, Saul, after the latter retired. A few special guest stars that appear in the show are Craig T. Nelson as Guy, Estelle Parsons as Babe, Sam Elliott as Phil Milstein, Millicent Martin as Joan Margaret, Megan Ferguson as Nadia, Stacy Farber as Joe, Lisa Kudrow as Sherry, RuPaul as Benjamin Lede, Nicole Ritchie as Karina G, Michael McKean as Jack, Mary Steenbergen as Miriam, and Brooke Diorsi as Chelsea. There's been a bit of controversy surrounding the show. 
After the show's release, Tomlin and Fonda expressed displeasure once it became public their salaries were just equal to those of Sheen and Waterston, even though the show is not Saul and Robert, it's Grace and Frankie, in the words of Lily Tomlin, and contended this constituted a significant pay inequity. Shortly thereafter, Sheen and Waterston went on the record to support their co-star's demands for a salary increase, with Waterston being quoted as saying, I think they're being cheated. After fans of the show gathered nearly 200,000 signatures on a petition protesting the disparity, the two actresses issued a public statement backing away from criticism, saying, This just reminds us to be mindful of how things come across in interviews. We appreciate everyone's support and the attention to this issue, but the structure of Grace and Frankie is fair, and we couldn't be happier to work with Skydance, Netflix, and the great cast of this show. Fonda and Tomlin made a statement to the rap they were never unhappy with the salaries to start with, and they had made a joke in an interview about our salaries, which has, was taken out of context. And, you know, I think... It shouldn't have been an issue that, you know, as long as everybody was getting equal pay, I don't think they should have made a big deal about it. That just goes to show, you know, I could understand if somebody was making less, but it was equal pay. And in that case, the whole entire situation, I feel, could have been avoided. And now from Screen Rant, a few things we didn't know about Grace and Frankie. Jane Fonda and Lily Tomlin go way back. In the show, Grace and Frankie knew each other because their husbands worked together at a law firm, eventually becoming partners both in business and in real, real life. The, well, not real life, but real life in the show. The two did not get along due to their differences in lifestyle choices. However, they had no choice when they found out they had to shack up together. In real life, however, Fonda and Tomlin have known each other for decades. The two even starred next to Dolly Parton in the TV series 9 to 5. Once Fonda heard about the show, it took a year to convince Tomlin to join the cast as Frankie, and when she did, these two besties were back together on screen. Their beach house isn't in La Joya. It's a dream of many to realize that after divorce, they still have a place to call home. Oh, and it's a beachfront property. After Robert and Saul announce they want to divorce their wives for each other, both Grace and Frankie have a separate revelation to go to the beach house to clear their mind. After finding out they both had the same idea, they learn to coexist, later becoming best friends. In the show, their beachfront house is in La Joya. However, in real life, this beautiful home is in Malibu. Grace and Frankie almost got together? One of the best endearing and inspiring things about Grace and Frankie is that despite unusually horrific circumstances, these two bonded together and formed a deeper bond than anyone could have expected. Going through the same tragedy, these two have a blossoming friendship that many hope to find in life. However, writer Marta Kaufman's daughter had another idea for the iconic show for Grace and Frankie to get together romantically. It's already odd enough that their husbands left them for each other, but for them to fall in love because of loneliness? I'm not too sure about that. 
Grace and Frankie has the same writer as Friends. Marta Kaufman of Friends Popularity told The Hollywood Reporter that it took some major convincing that she could produce a show that was as good or as important as Friends. The concept came about at came about after Kaufman heard both Fonda and Tomlin wanted to get back into TV. Not knowing if they wanted to work together or separately, the idea of Tomlin and Fonda working together again gave Kaufman a starting point. Once she had her stars, the storyline came next. The show almost happened without Jane Fonda. You don't need to be an avid viewer of Grace and Frankie to know that Jane Fonda, Grace, is an icon. At 81 years old and 60 years in show business, Fonda has won a ton of awards and has stood up for many political sentiments that were near and dear to her heart through the ages. However, due to Jane's aggressive nature at times, the Wall Street Journal found out that a test screening showed audiences liking the show better without Fonda. But considering the show was created with her and Tomlin in mind, they took the chance. Fonda also took acting lessons for the part of Grace. Grace is a real ball buster. She's smart, she's a business savvy, she's straightforward, and she's blunt. Although she has a good heart buried behind all those labels, it's tough to see at times because she is so forceful. Now, as an actress, it may seem fun to play a woman who has such strength and charisma, but for Jane Fonda, she found it challenging. Considering Grace and Frankie is coming up on their seventh season, Jane found it hard to portray someone on TV for a longer stint of time, which is why she turned to acting lessons to become a strong character on screen. Martin Sheen has a lot in common with his character Robert. While so many of us were mad at Robert and Saul for cheating on their wives and families for 20 years, so many of us were also rooting for them to work out. In a world that's becoming more and more accepting of different lifestyles, we all just wanted these characters to be happy at the end of the day. In one of the episodes, Robert Martin Sheen decided to take a stand against hatred and joined activism marches with his partner Saul. However, it took Robert some convincing to do so from Saul before finally doing so. In real life, though, Martin Sheen felt so strongly about activism that he was arrested around 70 times for protesting. And clueless fans should pay attention in the episode The Bender. The 95 movie Clueless is iconic for its one-liners and daily life in California's luxurious communities. In one scene, Cher decides to vacate a vehicle to get away from Elton. The only problem is, she's in a bad side of town and ends up being robbed in front of a convenience store while waiting for a ride. Funny enough, the same convenience store in Season two's The Bender is seen where Grace's car is stolen while she's getting liquor. I guess it really is in a bad side of town. Um, so, you know, Jane Fonda and Willie Tomlin, both amazing, iconic legends, both hilarious. Grace and Frankie, if you like the Golden Girls, you're going to like Grace and Frankie. I guarantee it. And um, there have been four episodes of season seven released and the remainder, I believe, eight episodes are coming in 2022. So 
Be on the lookout for that. Final season, Grace and Frankie. The last show in this segment that came in fourth place, and I'll be honest, I'm surprised that this show really was as popular as it was. Um, not just for this podcast, but just in general. Um, I really thought, even though there was a lot of controversy amongst the show, and there really still is, even though it ended last year in 2020, it really, I think, spoke volumes to not just many teenagers, but adults as well. I think a lot of people kind of resonated with it kind of could relate to it um, and also probably learned things from it. And even still, I am surprised that it really was as popular as it, as it was. Um, 13 reasons why Uh, first season was in 2017 and last season was last year in 2020 Um, So 13 Reasons Why is an American teen drama streaming television series developed for Netflix by Brian Yorkie based on the 2007 novel 13 Reasons Why by Jay Asher. The series revolves around high school student Clay Jensen and the aftermath of high school student Hannah Baker's suicide. Before her death, she leaves behind a box of cassette tapes in which she details the reasons why she chose to end her life, as well as the people she believes are responsible for her death. Though its various story through its various storylines, the show explores and depicts a wide range of social issues affecting modern youth. The series was produced by July Moon Productions, Kick to the Curb Productions, That Kid Ed Productions, Anonymous Contents, and Paramount Television, with Yorkie and Diana Sun serving as showrunners. Dylan Minette and Catherine Langford stars Clay Jensen and Hannah Baker, respectively, alongside an ensemble cast. A film from Universal Pictures based on 13 Reasons Why began development in February 2011 with Selena Gomez set to stars Hannah before being shelved in favor of a television series and Netflix ordering an adaptation as a limited series in October 2015 with Gomez instead serving as an executive producer. The series is set in the late 2010s in the fictional county of Evergreen, California. Most of the main characters in the series are students of Liberty High School. The first season follows Liberty High student Clay Jensen, who receives a set of cassette tapes at his front porch. These tapes were recorded by Hannah Baker, a former Liberty High student who had killed herself and recorded 13 reasons why she did so on the tapes. Each tape includes a reason for the following people, Justin Foley, Jessica Davis, Alex Standle, Tyler Down, Courtney Crimson, Marcus Cole, Zach Dempsey, Ryan Shaver, Sherry Holland, Clay himself, Hannah herself, Bryce Walker, and Kevin Porter, a school guidance counselor who is the only non-student among the tape subjects. The season features flashbacks viewed from Hannah's perspective that offer increasing clarity as to the trauma she faced during her time as a student and what ultimately led up to her own death.
In the second season, Hannah's parents sue the school district after Hannah's tapes are released online. The fallout from the events of the first season and the toll it has taken on the lives of Liberty High students is further shown. At the end of the season, Tyler attempts a school shooting after he is severely traumatized by the bully, Monty, but is stopped by Clay and Tony with Tyler's gun given to Clay as Tony drives Tyler away. In the third season, which introduces a new main character, Anya Kola, and takes place eight months after the events of the previous season, Clay and his friends struggle to keep Tyler's cover of his attempted school shooting and helping him in his recovery. Tensions rise with the tape subjects after Bryce is killed with Clay as a suspect. In the wake of his death, Bryce's past actions and the person he has become in the aftermath of the release of Hannah's tapes is examined. In the fourth and final season, Clay begins to develop mental health issues following the deaths of Bryce and Monty while the students are planning for their college interviews and nearing graduation. The main cast of 13 Reasons Why... Dylan Minette is Clay Jensen, a teenage boy attending high school who had a crush on Hannah when she was alive and becomes obsessed with finding out what drove her to kill herself. At the end of the second season, he successfully talks Tyler out of committing a school shooting at the end of year dance and helps him escape the police. He is also the primary suspect in Bryce Walker's murder in the third season. His deteriorating mental health and subsequent recovery are a pivotal storyline in the fourth season. Catherine Langford as Hannah Banker in seasons one and two, a teenager at Liberty High who kills herself and leaves behind a set of tapes detailing 13 reasons why she killed herself. Christian Navarro as Tony Padilla, Clay's best friend at Liberty High who tries to help him deal with Hannah's death. Before her death, Hannah gives Tony the audio cassettes and holds him responsible for making sure everyone on the cassettes hears him. His hears them. His family is deported in the third season after Bryce's dad reports them to ICE. Alicia Bow as Jessica Davis, a student who starts attending Liberty High at the same time as Hannah. She is raped by Bryce in the first season, which leads to her opening a sexual assault survivors club on campus. She is elected student body president in the third season and is in a relationship with Justin. Brandon Flynn as Justin Foley, a student at Liberty High who comes from an abusive family and is in a relationship with Jessica. He is responsible for setting the events of the series into motion by being the first person to humiliate Hannah after their first date. He was initially Bryce's friend and Clay's enemy until he broke off his friendship with the former for raping Jessica. At the end of the second season, Justin is adopted by Clay's parents and lives with Clay as his foster brother. He later tests positive for HIV and dies from AIDS-related rela meningitis in the series finale. Justin Prentice is Bryce Walker, a student from a rich family and the captain of the football team and pitcher on the baseball team at Liberty High. He was friends with Justin, Zach, and Monty. He is a notorious serial rapist who is known to rape unconscious girls. 
He also sexually assaulted Jessica and Hannah in the first season. He is killed by Alex after being brutally beaten by Zach, where Zach's beating was in retribution for Bryce's injuring Zach during a football game. Miles Heiser as Alex Standall, a student at Liberty High, the ex-boyfriend of Jessica and a former friend of Hannah. Alex is sarcastic and tends to be blunt, but also cares about others. He kills Bryce in the third season by pushing him into the river after Zach leaves Bryce incapacitated. In the fourth season, he dates Winston Williams and Charlie St. George. Ross Butler as Zach Dempsey, a kind-hearted friend of Justin and Bryce at Liberty High. After Bryce breaks his knee at the homecoming game and causes him to lose his college scholarships, Zach assaults Bryce at the River Pier, breaking both his legs and his elbow. Devin Druid as Tyler Down, a shy, severely bullied student at Liberty High. He is an avid photographer, which often gets him into trouble. He is sexually assaulted by Monty at the end of the second season, which leads him to attempt a school shooting at the Spring Fling before being talked out of it by Clay. His emotional recovery is a storyline in the third and fourth seasons. Amy Hargreaves as Lainey Jensen, Clay's attorney mother who works for the firm representing Liberty High in the Baker's lawsuit. Derek Luke is Kevin Porter, a guidance counselor at Liberty High. He is fired after giving his testimony in Hannah's trial in the second season. He is brought back in the third season to help the police interrogate the students in Bryce's murder investigation. Kate Walsh as Olivia Baker, Hannah's mother and Andy's ex-wife, who is determined to uncover the truth about the events leading to her daughter's suicide. She divorces Andy and moves to New York between the second and third seasons. Brian D.R.C. James is Andy Baker, Hannah's father and Olivia's ex-husband. During Hannah's trial in the second season, he reveals that he had been cheating on Olivia when Hannah was alive, a fact which Hannah discovered. Grace Safe as Ani Ancola, uh, or Ancola in seasons three and four, a new immigrant student at Liberty who lives in Bryce's house due to her mother being his grandfather's caretaker. The third season is narrated through her conversation with Deputy Standall in which she makes a case for Monty having killed Bryce before he died in order to get the sheriff to drop the case. Tensions rise when Clay and Jessica find out that Ani slept with Bryce, but she is nonetheless Jessica's best friend and Clay's girlfriend until the end of the fourth season. Brenda Strong as Nora Walker, Bryce's mother, although initially distant from her son, she takes a firmer stance with Bryce when he transfers schools to prevent him from repeating his mistakes. She pushes the police to investigate Clay into Bryce's murder. Timothy Granaderos is Monte de la Cruz, a vicious bully from an abusive family who is a student at Liberty High. He is friends with Bryce and is quick to anger. He is secretly gay and violently assaults Winston Williams, who is openly gay, after he kisses him at one of Bryce's parties only to have sex with him later. He is killed in jail after being arrested for sexually assaulting Tyler. Mark Pellegrino is Bill Standle, a Crestmont deputy sheriff and Alex's father. 
Tyler Bernhardt as Charlie St. George in seasons three and four, a jock at Liberty High who is friends with Monty but kind at heart. He is later Alex Standle's boyfriend in the fourth season. During the fourth season, he spends time with Clay's friends and developed feelings for Alex. He is shown to be bisexual and the starting quarterback for Liberty after Luke was caught with steroids in the third season. Deacon Blumen is Winston Williams in seasons three and four, a former Hillcrest student who hooks up with Monty and is furious when Monty posthumously accused is accused of Bryce's murder, knowing Monty was not guilty because Winston was with him the night Bryce was murdered. He transfers to Liberty to investigate the case and get information for the police while dating Alex and falling in love with him. He drops the case after Alex tells him that he was the one who killed Bryce. Jan Lewis Cast Castellanos as Diego Torres in season four, a charismatic, aggressive, and fiercely loyal leader of a divided football team struggling to understand the loss of one of their own. And Gary Sinisi as Dr. Robert Ellman in season four, a compassionate, incisive, no-nonsense adolescent and family therapist who works to help Clay Jensen battle anxiety, depression, and grief. And of course, with the show such as 13 Reasons Why, there was a lot of controversy. The release of the show caused public concern about the risk of suicide contagion among teenagers, particularly in those who have suicidal thoughts. The portrayal of sensitive content such as teen suicide, self-harm, rape, and bullying raised criticism, especially for its graphic content, primarily the scene in which Hannah kills herself. Some researchers and medical professionals argue that the series violated guidelines for depicting suicide in the media and might trigger imitative behaviors among high school students and vulnerable people. Prior to the series release, scholars had studied the influence of the media on suicide for decades. Evidence to support the existence of a relationship between fictional media exposure and suicide behaviors remained weak and strict, and a strict casualty had never been established. The effect that fiction can have on suicidal thoughts and behaviors is probably smaller than that of other psychological and social risk factors for suicide. It has been argued that censoring fiction may do more harm than good. However, Netflix is responsible to assess in advance the potential impact that 13 Reasons Why has on vulnerable people and to support them through an adequate campaign of prevention. After the series' release, a study published in the Journal of the American Academy of Child and Adolescent Psychiatry found that suicide among teenagers rose by nearly 29% in the month after Netflix launched the show. Several health professionals, educators, and advocates linked the show to self-harm and suicide threats among young people. This community also expressed major concerns about the series like romanticizing suicide, not providing adequate resources at the conclusion of each episode, targeting a young vulnerable audience, and painting mental health professionals as unhelpful and not worth seeing. 
Mental health experts are also educating the general public on what to do in the situations Hannah Baker goes through, disseminating accurate information surrounding teen suicide, depression, and youth that experience traumatic events through research surrounding the show and mental health resources for help-seeking youth. The release of 13 Reasons Why corresponded with between 900,000 and 1.5 million more suicide-related Google searches in the United States, including a 26% increase in searches for how to commit suicide, an 18% increase for commit suicide, and a 9% increase for how to kill yourself. After an initial spike in calls to the crisis text line after the first episode, there was an overall reduction in crisis call volume for the remainder of the series. Although the link between searching for suicide information and suicide risk is unclear, increases in self-harm admissions to one children's hospital were observed. The superintendent of Palm Beach County, Florida schools reportedly told parents that their schools had seen an increase in suicidal and self-harming behavior from students and that some of those students have articulated associations of their at-risk behavior to the 13 Reasons Why Netflix series. From executive producer Selena Gomez, in defense of the controversy surrounding the series... We stayed very true to the book, and that's initially what author Jay Asher created was a beautifully tragic, complicated yet suspenseful story, and I think that's what we wanted to do. We wanted to do it justice, and yeah, the backlash is going to come no matter what. It's not an easy subject to talk about, but I'm very fortunate with how it was doing. Similarly, clinical psychologists such as Daniel J. Riedenberg and Erica Martinez, as well as mental health advocate Molly K. Klein of Teen Vogue magazine, have expressed concerns regarding the risk of suicide contagion. However, Eric Beeson, a counselor at the Family Institute at Northwestern University, noted that it's unlikely that one show alone could trigger someone to attempt suicide. Mental health professionals have also criticized the series' depiction of suicide itself, much of which violates widely promulgated recommendations for reporting on actual suicides or not depicting them in fiction in order to not encourage copycat suicides. The season finale, which depicts Hannah's suicide in graphic detail, has been particularly criticized in this regard. Nick Sheff, a writer for the series, has defended it is intended to dispel the myth that suicides quiet, dr quietly drift off and recalled how he himself was deterred from a suicide attempt by recalling a survivor's account of how painful and horrifying it was. The NASP statement also criticized the series' suggestion that bullying alone led Hannah to take her life, noting that while it may be a contributing factor, suicide far more often results from the bullied person having a treatable mental illness and overwhelming or intolerable stressors, along with the lack of adequate coping mechanisms. Alex Moan, a school counselor in Minneapolis, took issue with the series 
series entire plotline is essentially a fantasy of what someone who is considering suicide might have that once you commit suicide you can still communicate with your loved ones and people will suddenly realize everything that you were going through in the depth of your pain that the cute sensitive boy will fall in love with you and seek justice for you and you'll be able to orchestrate it and in so and in so doing kind of still be able to live other counselors criticize the depiction of Hannah's attempt to reach out to Mr. Porter as dangerously misleading, since not only does he miss obvious signs of her suicidal ideations, but says he cannot report her sexual assault to the police without her identifying the assailant. School counselors are often portrayed as ineffective or clueless in popular culture, Moeen says, but Porter's behavior in the series goes beyond that to being unethical and possibly illegal. It's ridiculous. Counselors are not police. We don't have to launch an investigation. We bring whatever information we do have to the police, she told Slate. Netflix responded to criticism, adding strong advisory warnings prior to the 9th, 12th, and 13th episodes in the first season, the first two due to rape, and the last due to the suicide scene. In July 2019, before the release of season three, Netflix edited the suicide scene of the season one finale. Originally, the episode included a bloody depiction of Hannah slitting her wrists in a bathtub. However, it has been argued to support to vulnerable viewers should be inspired by an ethical commitment toward the audience rather than the moral panic for suicide contagion. With the release of the first season of the series, Netflix also released 13 Reasons Why Beyond the Reasons, an after-show documentary television film. The 29-minute documentary featured the cast and crew of the series and mental health professionals discussing their experiences working on the series and dealing with different issues including bullying, depression, and sexual assault. Two more Beyond the Reason specials were released with the second and third seasons, respectively. Season 1, the cast, producers, and mental health professionals discuss scenes dealing with difficult issues including bullying, depression, and sexual assault. Season 2, joined by mental health experts, the cast, writers, and producers reunite to explore Season 2's themes, including intervention, recovery, and justice. And Season 3, the cast, writers, producers, and mental health experts discuss scenes dealing with sexual assault, shame, and other issues and share how to find help. And there is an article from Screen Rant, 13 Reasons Why, A Few Secrets You Didn't Know About the Cast. Behind the hit Netflix show 13 Reasons Why is an incredible cast with plenty of talent to go around and some very interesting trivia. 13 Reasons Why might have ended, but its impact on society will remain for quite a while. The series triggered both praise and controversy for the manner in which it covered topics such as suicide, bullying, and sexual assault. Interestingly, the Netflix hit series was never meant to be a series at all. 
The adaptation was meant to be a film by Universal Pictures starring Selena Gomez as Hannah Baker. That idea was shelved and instead Netflix commissioned a limited series. But again, what was meant to be limited ended up being extended for three more seasons, thus getting viewers even more attached to the characters and the incredible cast. Christian Navarro only learned how to drive after being cast. Christian Navarro, who portrays Clay's friend Tony Padilla, drives a 1968 Ford Mustang for most of the series. Interestingly, Navarro didn't know how to drive when he was offered the role of Tony. During an interview with Pop Sugar, Navarro revealed that the producers paid for his driving lessons as well as his license. He said, I landed, they took me to a driving lesson, and I said, you guys made a mistake here, but they were very generous and they really wanted me for the role. They got me driving lessons and my license, and now I'm a licensed California driver, much to my dad's horror. And that is just incredibly awesome. Kevin Bacon's daughter is part of the cast. Kevin Bacon became a global superstar after appearing in a string of hit movies in the 90s and 2000s, and it appears the acting bug roams in the family. Remember Sky? That's Kevin Bacon's daughter. Her real name is Sosie Bacon. Sosie gives an impressive performance as Sky, a waitress and barista at Monet's, who also happens to be a former student at Liberty High School. The troubled Sky has a history of depression and suicide attempts, but she finds peace when she meets and falls in love with Clay. Some cast members have matching tattoos. The cast members of the show are pretty close. Some are so close that they got matching tattoos. Actors Tommy Dorfman, Alicia Bow, and Brandon Flynn decided to get tattoos of semicolons on their wrists after filming the first season. Executive producer and pop star Selena Gomez also did the same. There isn't a special meaning behind the specific tattoo. It's meant to signify victory against oppression as well as the ability to overcome any suicidal attempts. And Dylan Minnette formed a band. In 2017, Minnette formed an alternative rock band named Wallows together with his pals Braden LeMasters and Cole Preston. Minette and LeMasters met when they were nine and realized they both shared a love for classic rock music. Years later, they decided to form a band with their other friend, Cole Preston. Just a year after forming the band, the three friends signed a record deal with Atlantic Records. They then released their debut studio album, Nothing Happens, in 2019, and in 2020, they released an EP titled Remote. You know, I have never heard of them, but I am going to have to look them up. Maybe I have heard of them and I just don't remember, but can't recall ever hearing them. Um, and I guess I got to say for 13 reasons why being able to relate to quite a few um, of the issues. I started reading the book and I wasn't impressed with it. Um, not because it was triggering or anything, but I kind of felt like in my opinion, it was poorly written. And when the show was released, I can't even really say what really brought me to watch it other than a lot of people were kind of eager to see it. 
and I can't say it's a show I loved because, I mean, something like this, it's kind of hard to say, oh, yeah, I love that show. However, I can relate to a lot of it. I can relate to the bullying and wanting to commit suicide. I can commit with... I can, com I, I can relate to, you know, trying to attempt... I can relate with the sexual assault, you know, so I, I can relate to a lot of these situations. Um, and so it's really the fact that, you know, I guess I can understand the controversy behind the show. You know, I'm not going to discredit that. However, we cannot blame a TV show for our actions, because our actions are our own. And regardless of whether or not 13 Reasons Why was released, you know, you can't. You cannot blame a specific TV show for your actions. You also cannot blame a specific person for your actions. You can blame them perhaps for, like, triggering what you're feeling and thinking, but you cannot blame them entirely. And, you know, it's really important to stress this because a lot of the controversy among not just 13 Reasons Why, but shows like this in general, you know, get a lot of blame. Oh, because of this, you know, my son or daughter, blah, 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 or whatever. And you can't pinpoint that kind of accusations. Um, but it also is a good learning lesson because I feel like a lot of people should see, oh, maybe I shouldn't bully people because this is what can happen. You know, maybe I should listen to people when they say they're being assaulted by this person or they're not being treated properly because why would they lie? And then Again, this is what they deal with. Oh, if I would have listened to her, maybe she wouldn't have killed herself. You know? So it also can show a good lesson into what can happen and what you want to avoid. Um, again, yeah, maybe it shouldn't. I always thought a lot of the rape scenes were you know, they don't full on show it, but they show enough. Um, and the suicide part that I thought that was pretty, um, I don't know if they edited it. They said they have, I have not gone back to watch it. Um, but for them to actually show her actually cutting herself, uh, being in the bathtub, uh, I, was I was I myself was pretty appalled that they made it that graphic. Um didn't really think that was necessary to show. Um you know and I'm beyond getting ideas um and it you know kind of beyond also being triggered by it but a lot of people weren't and um I just for many reasons that was not necessary to go that graphically with that. Um, but either way, I think 13 Reasons Why is something really important that 
we never knew we needed. Because regardless of a lot of the controversies amongst the show, it also has many good lessons. And I hope that for the most part, we see the good aside from the bad of the show. So with that being said, again, I'm going to stress you take caution while listening to this episode due to the nature of suicide. Um, but these are your top four Netflix Group B shows. Dead to Me, Fuller House, Grace and Frankie, and 13 Reasons Why. So stay tuned for the rest of the Group B Netflix shows. And then we also have Group C coming at you and many, many more categories. So can't wait to do more with you. Thanks for listening. Be kind to each other. Take care of yourselves. Until next time, bye.